is Grant Winoravich, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. Happy Thanksgiving Day to one and all. In farm news, after four consecutive interest rate increases of 75 basis points, the central bank is expected to pull back to a 50 basis point increase in December. The Fed released the minutes from its November meeting. Analysts are dissecting that uh, information, looking for any indication of future financial policy. Mexico's president appears to be backpedaling on his commitment to ban GMO corn from the U.S. Van On and company market analyst Christy Van On says that may offer some support to the corn market. You kind of saw that right in the wall. I think it's unrealistic to say that they're not going to take GMO corn. And uh, it's been kind of going on for quite some time that they've said it, and nothing's really happened. And then here earlier this week and last week, we've, we've been seeing a lot of corn sales to Mexico. Corn, you know, Mexico is typically one of our number one buyers of corn, and so how they can do that when we have such a large percentage of our corn being GMO, I'm not so sure how they'll do that. Um, and so you came in, you saw last week, you saw a big, big private sale here in corn to Mexico here earlier, about I think it was five to ten days ago. And so it's not surprising that they're kind of backtracking on that statement. Van An says there are other bigger stories impacting corn. I think right now, you know, a bigger story for corn is watching it hold this 655 level on the technical side of things. And if it can keep holding that level, then that's going to be friendly for corn. The grain market was thinly traded going into the Thanksgiving holiday break. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camp says the day after Thanksgiving has a history of being volatile. Yeah, that can absolutely be the case on that short Friday session. We've seen it before, uh, and we'll, we'll watch that because otherwise we did see leading up to this week a uh, general rise in trading activity for a lot of the agricultural space, uh, rising in open interest and volumes to indicate that maybe waking up and getting back into the mode of pricing in commodity shortages around the world, weather issues still popping up, and then overall uh, some relief for, for demand because we do see like stocks a little bit higher here. The dollar down today, not quite the same recession worry that we might have had uh, three or four weeks ago. USDA did report a flash sale of soybeans to China yesterday. But the dollar breaking and, and did get a response not only with China, but last week, Mexico. Mexico last week made some big corn purchases, and we were keeping an eye out for more of those. The news was that the president of Mexico actually recognized that maybe U.S. feed grain imports could escape that proposed ban on GMO corn imports that was supposed to start in 2024. So that was slightly friendly for the corn the first shipment of Brazilian corn is on its way to China as we speak. China traditionally has purchased its corn from the United States and Ukraine. With the entry of Brazil into this mix, the global flow of grain is expected to change. Beginning Tuesday, USDA is leading a trade mission to Spain. Officials from 11 state agriculture departments, including Minnesota and North Dakota, will be on that trip. Numerous companies and organizations will be represented, including J.M. Grain of Garrison, North Dakota, the Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council, U.S. Soybean Export Council, and U.S. Grains Council. 
According to the USDA Grain Transportation Report, Class 1 railroads originated nearly 24,000 grain carloads in the latest reporting week. That's 9% below the previous week and 5% less than one year ago. More than 600 grain barges moved down the Mississippi River. That's uh, more than 230, 230 more than where we were one week ago. 25 ocean-going grain vessels were loaded at the Gulf. That's down 36% from a year ago. To move grain from the Pacific Northwest to Japan, the grain shipping rate was $33.25 per metric ton. That's down by 2% from the previous week. And for the past week, the U.S. average diesel price was 5.23 per gallon. That's down 8 cents from the previous week, but it's a full dollar and a half per gallon higher than where we were the same week last year. The U.S. Beef Board, the National Beef Board, is reporting that beef export markets are on pace to surpass last year's record. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. The U.S. Beef Board's efforts to promote beef exports seems to be paying off with projections pointing to another record-breaking year. U.S. Beef Board Executive Committee Chair Jimmy Taylor says this year is shaping up to surpass last year's exports. Domestic demand has been really good and it is holding up good. We've got some inflationary pressures right now that, that are testing that. But as good as the domestic market has been, the foreign markets have been on fire. We uh, set an all-time record last year with $10.576 billion in value that were exported. We're on pace to break that this year. Before last year, we had not done a month over $800 million. And this year, seven of the nine months that have reported in so far have been over a billion dollars. Taylor says growth in smaller markets has been key. Probably where we've made the most gains are in, in some of the smaller markets. Uh, USMEF is a contractor that, that uh, works on exports, and they have 19 offices and work in around 80 different countries around the world. And where we're making the most gains are those smaller markets, developing them and uh, getting more and more markets. And we're making more gains in, in those areas. The top three markets are South Korea, Japan, in China. Those all went over $2 billion each last year and are on pace to do the same thing this year. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. Stockman's Livestock Exchange owner Larry Schnell says feeder calf prices should be improving later in the year. Well, you know, like a 600-pound uh, steer, we started out earlier on at, at around $2 an hour closer to you know, 190 to 95, so still good. But when we get into these big runs in, in November, that's pretty typical to see a little, uh, you know, loss on the prices. But I think we'll sure get that back in December and into the new year when we start selling more wean calves. I think that'll make a lot of difference. You know, in this part of the country with spring calving, most of our calves will sell right off the cow in uh, from the middle of October through uh, <clears throat> any more. It's even through the first couple of weeks of December. Uh, and then we'll start seeing more wean calves by the first of the year. They're all weaned. Schnell, who's based at Dickinson, North Dakota, says a smaller herd size has boosted demand this fall. So far, demand has been very, very good. Again, partially because uh, there are fewer cattle. Of course, the rest of the western United States has seen uh, 
you know, due to the drought, has seen a lot of cattle move early. So, uh, but we're seeing continued strong demand. Uh, a lot of these feeders, I don't know, you know, what their plan is to make money because the feed cost is definitely going to be a lot higher, but it uh, doesn't seem to be slowing them down much. National Cattlemen's Beef Association Vice President of Public Policy, Ethan Lane, says progress on the Packers and Stockyards Act is slow, but it is ongoing. We've been really heavily involved with USDA on their processing capacity expansion. They're working on a cattle contract library pilot right now that's going to provide some more information to producers, a little more transparency for those folks that aren't utilizing those now. We think that's a really important step. We're expecting to see more on that in the first quarter from USDA. Obviously, we have an ongoing Packers and Stockyards Act rulemaking at USDA. They're in the second of three rulemakings in that space. And then there's those cattle bills that have been floating around Capitol Hill for the last couple of years, uh, Fisher-Grassley, that would mandate a certain percentage of cash trade in the marketplace and a special investigator for meat and poultry at USDA. We're opposed to both of those bills. Lane says support for those bills has waned in recent months with prices rebounding for livestock producers. But we do want to continue to work towards finding some solutions in that space. Price discovery continues to be a really big issue for us. Um, what we don't want to do is obligate our own producers to be forced to market cattle a certain way. This isn't just an obligation on the packer. You know, it takes it takes two sides of the transaction. We have a lot of our producers saying, don't, don't dictate how I sell my cattle, just create opportunity for me. Deer & Company reports fiscal fourth quarter net income of $2.2 billion and $7.1 billion for the full fiscal year. Distillers' grains are a valuable feed source as long as they make economic sense for livestock operations. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. In a year when commodity prices are high, livestock producers need to take a good look at their feed costs. University of Nebraska-Lincoln assistant professor in livestock marketing and risk management, Elliot Dennis, says the time of the year may impact availability and price of distillers. Depending upon the type of distillers grains, they might be used anywhere from 0% inclusion to 40% inclusion. So that would be 40% of the diet or that corn would be consisted of some type of distillers. So that inclusion really varies by you know, a lot of things, price ratio, availability, how it feeds in, uh, how, you know, the type of gains they're looking at. We get a lot of questions, particularly around this time when distillers start to become a little bit more expensive. You know, what's happening with distillers, why they're so expensive relative to corn, and really justifying why we should or should not be including these in feedlot rations. Dennis recommends livestock producers look at cost differences in wet and dry distillers. So the first thing is always we have to compare apples to apples. In order to do that, we have to take out the effect of moisture from each distiller's grains and use a common unit. And so we got to take out the moisture from all the distiller's grains. So, of course, wet is going to be priced a little bit cheaper, but it's because, you know, almost 60% of that product that you're buying is water. And so it is going to be priced cheaper relative to other products. So we have to put them all in the playing field and put convert them all to dry matter basis. And then we can want to convert them all to dollars per tons. And then we can look at you know that relative comparison between what it costs us to produce the type of corn that we're feeding, whether it's dry rolled or high moisture or steam flaked. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Women in leadership was a focus of a panel discussion at the Minnesota Farmers Union Annual Convention. MFU Membership Director Claudine Arntz says a focus of this conversation was on the importance of mentorship 
and leadership skills. Any moment of any day, you can choose to be a mentor. And we had we had a great conversation about leadership skills. And things that came forward were clear communication, the ability to be direct, setting expectations, having a vision, um, being dependable. So we can look around us and see who has those skills and we can, you know, get we can invite that person to um, mentor us directly or we can just follow what they're role modeling for us. And that's another thing that the research shows. Having female role models within organizations does so much to mentor other women. Again, keep in mind the markets are closed today, Thanksgiving Day, but they will resume trading activity tomorrow morning at 8.30, but it will be an early close. The markets will close at 12.05 tomorrow. Have yourself a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy this Thanksgiving Day. I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network.